We'll read from Jeremiah once more, this time in chapter 23. Jeremiah 23:28. We have these words. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Throughout this book, Jeremiah indicts the wicked kings, the evil priests, and the false prophets for having led God's people astray. Of course, uh, it seems they were willingly led astray as far as that goes. But uh, we read in the same chapter, you have scattered my flock and driven them away. And as a result, Jeremiah says, my heart uh, within me is broken because of these false prophets. If they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have the people, that is, turned from their evil way and from their evil doings. So the people would have responded, at least some of them would would have, had these leaders given them the opportunity to hear the word of God and to understand God's ways. Their words of these who led them astray are compared to chaff, which is the unedible husk that surrounds the edible grains that we all eat. We don't eat the chaff, but we uh, eat the, the seed or the wheat. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah said, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. So the the chaff is illustrative of the words, the chatter that is offered by the theology and the philosophy that the world has dreamed up in their own minds. The wheat represents the Word of God. In our cupboard at home, we have a box of Cheerios, and it notes Cheerios 100% whole grain oats. I don't think one would buy it if it said 100% chaff. We also have a box of cornflakes. If you were at the marketplace, would you reach for chaff flakes? That tells us a whole lot uh, right there. And the title of our cookbook from 30 or 40 years ago is the finest of the, not the chaff, the finest of the wheat. You wouldn't buy it if it bore that other title. So chaff is, uh, represents a quantity rather than quality. I will say, even if you could rustle up a box of chaff and sprinkle it with sugar or mix it with molasses, it would sell. In fact, that might be what, what a lot of box cold cereal is, really. But uh, it, it does nothing for you. These, these false uh, prophets, they, they went, but they were not sent. Their messages were of their own make, making rather than messages from God. Jeremiah, uh, on behalf of the Lord, declared, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. That's the chaff. I have heard what the prophets said. That prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. 
Both prophet and priest are profane. They were untruthful. They were irreverent. They uh, failed to uh, follow God. And as a result, their lives were in a state of uh, distress. They, they offered, they could offer nothing of value to the people of God. And even the psalmist says the ungodly are like the chaff which is driven away by the wind. We think of the stories or read in the Apostolic Faith Annals of History about the tabernacle. And we, we hear of the, the sawdust trail and straw around the altars, but no mention of chaff. Chaff is uh, when you see the, the combines in the fields of uh, the Willamette Valley, uh, there's uh, typically a, a cloud of, of dust that is dispersed. That's the chaff, at least some of it. Uh, that's the wind that, that blows it away. Unlike what becomes uh, a straw, which has at least some value, but uh, not a lot, really. You see it in, in bales of straw. You see it on people's porches once in a while for fall decor along with corn stalks but uh, you don't you don't see the chaff in used in any any way or any sense that way i i didn't have time to find some wheat so i could uh, illustrate the distinction between the chaff and the wheat the uh, the chaff is the husk that surrounds the that small grain of wheat, you wouldn't be able to see it anyway, but I think we can illustrate it by showing you something else and, and asking you a question that you know the answer to. And that is, what is the husk what is the husk to the corn? That's what he's talking about here. I've, I've not seen anyone ever at a picnic where they roast corn or even put it in a big pot chew on a mouthful of husk. It has, it has very little value. I guess it does have some value. That's why, well, pigs will, I guess, eat it. But they'll eat anything. But it doesn't mean that you could feed them only that and expect to have a pig worthy of the bacon for your table. But the prodigal son even illustrates the outcome of living on a chaff when we see he would fain have filled his belly with husks. That's the chaff. That's what surrounds the, the edible part, unedible for humans. Oh, you can eat it if you want. I guess there's some fiber there. There's some bulk there, but uh, I don't expect you to go home for Sunday dinner and, and have a plate full of husks or chaff. You might have some corn. I have a good feeling about eating this later on, in fact. <clears throat> but he, uh, the prodigal son, You know, he, he had teachings where he grew up. And what he was taught by his father, and we assume by his mother, was symbolic of wheat. It was a value. But what did he do? He, he left the restraints. He saw them as restraints. And restraints 
It can be good. But he left uh, those restraints at home in, in search of freedom. And so he went out and found himself, well, he wished he could feed on chaff, essentially. But no one would give him. Perhaps the pigs and the hogs got in his way and he just couldn't get them, which was a very degrading uh, occupation anyway for a Jewish uh, boy. But more than that, instead of finding uh, liberty or freedom, he found himself in bondage. That's what following the philosophies or the powerless uh, theologies uh, of the world will get you. It won't... It's, a, it's an easier path, it's an easier way in some ways initially, but the hardships will accumulate uh, over time. Well, Jeremiah stands in contrast to the prophets who were indicted for their really feckless messages and for their moral corruption. They simply did not have what God intended they have within their own hearts, so as a result they could and not offer a message that was beyond their own experience. Well, we're thankful for faithful messengers, whether they be preachers or parents or teachers, who uh, truthfully feed us on the finest of the wheat. You wouldn't expect to come into one of these services and be told that you can never live without sinning. You, you expect to be told and to have declared to you what the Bible says, which uh, essentially is there's victory in Jesus. Whosoever is born of God did not commit sin. Uh, there's power in the blood of Jesus to uh, wash away sin and stain and uh, send one on a path that uh, leads to holiness here and to heaven above. So we heard a little bit of the call of Jeremiah in the scripture reading. He was called... He, he was reluctant, but he, he finally yielded to that and was, and was sent. And so he went. Uh, he was a messenger. The message was not his. He simply delivered what God gave to him to say. And it was not embraced widely, in fact, in his, in his day. He was not uh, treated uh, with uh, reverence. They sometimes call ordained ministers, reverend ministers, uh, that stems from many generations ago, I guess, when they were revered, but not so much now, perhaps due to the failures along the way. Um, but either way, there was no credit to him. The, the message was not his. The message was God's. He delivered it and found himself at different times in precarious uh, positions, including dungeons with his feet covered by the, the mud, uh, but he, he kept delivering it. He kept preaching it. At one point, he, he thought, I'm not going to say it anymore. But it was like a fire shot up in his bones. He could not restrain himself. Uh, God's message was given to him, so he continued to deliver it. Whatsoever I command thee, uh, he was told, thou shalt speak. Well, weed is illustrative of the, the quality <clears throat> and the power of the Word of God. Having lived in Dallas, Oregon for many, many years, I knew that the Willamette Valley, which is basically the valley between uh, Portland, south to Eugene, north from Eugene, Dallas uh, rests in, in that valley somewhat. 
And uh, I knew that the Willamette Valley is the seed capital of the world. In fact, Oregon uh, produces 75% of all of the seeds produced throughout the whole world. So there's a lot of seed and uh, wheat being among those seeds, and there's a lot of chaff uh, as, as well. Well, the economic value is found in the seed, not the chaff. The, the seed is planted, it, it grows up, and uh, the plant bears seed along with the chaff, but the economic value is in, in the seed. They don't plant it to derive the, the chaff, it just comes, but that's what the combine process uh, does, a combination of uh, harvesting and um, threshing and winnowing. Those machines are able to do all of that in, in one machine. You see it at different times where there's a, a truck or a container following all, alongside behind that combine, and that is where the seed is disturb, dispersed. Uh, the wind, in the old-fashioned days, they would take the, after the, the harvest was, was um, obtained, they would take the, the, the grain surrounded by the husk and have a, a method whereby the wind would be blowing, or if it wasn't blowing, it would create a wind, and the wind would blow the chaff away and let the seed settle. Well, a combine does, does all of that, and that's where the economic value, value is. But we can even see that in the preaching of John the Baptist. He told of one who would come after him, whose shoes he was not worthy uh, to bear. He said, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And we see uh, Jeremiah saying, using some of that same illustrative language. He said, is not, had I kept reading, is not my word like fire? So as fire purges gold from all of its impurities, the word of God has power to cleanse the heart and eradicate sin out of the heart once and for all. He saves us to the uttermost. He not only forgives our past sins, but the power of the word of God, that's the wheat, is great enough to root out even the sin nature. So he asked, is not my word like as a fire? And the answer to that question is yes, in the sense that it purifies. And is not my a word like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. Yes, it, it shatters and removes uh, from the life what does not belong in the life. That's the wheat. We need not be satisfied or content uh, with conduct that is contrary to a walk of holiness. There's power in the blood to, uh, to change our hearts, to change our desires. Uh, we've, we've experienced that. We were not uh, tempted in the, the sense, well, I guess some might be, I don't know, but uh, the temptations will come, don't, don't get me wrong. But the Lord is able to give you a moral fiber, a moral character that will withstand every temptation to fall back into that life of sin. Don't be satisfied with, with that. That's chaff. Where will it get you? It'll get you down in the hog pen where Jewish people would not want to go and would not go by any means. But he sold himself out, and instead of finding that freedom, he found bondage. That's the end result of everyone who walks away from the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah faithfully delivered the message. 
the message must be must be obeyed. He he led, or, or the prophets and priests of that day uh, corrupted their calling, and as a result, failed to give opportunity to their hearers uh, to understand the power of God. But nevertheless, the, the, they were responsible for that. They'll be held accountable for that. And of course, generations have come and gone. But uh, even today, uh, those who give false doctrine will be held responsible for that. But uh, we as hearers are responsible nonetheless. God has a way, a path to uh, deliver to us the finest of the wheat. And let us know that there, there's a way of victory. We are responsible for how we respond to that. Jeremiah said, Thy, thy way and thy doings have, pro, uh, have procured these things unto thee. False prophets notwithstanding, God gave a conscience that w- was witness. Uh, the, the Lord used that so they had accumulated whatever debris they had accumulated they had procured to themselves the state they found themselves now in that that was the word of the lord jeremiah is is declaring accept responsibility for the fact that your actions your thoughts have brought you to this point he didn't hide that your sins he said have withholden good things from you you want to be fed with well, better than corn flakes, but certainly not chaff cakes. I mean, what, what is the chaff to the wheat? Which do you want to feed on? Your sins have withholding good things from you. When we go against the, the Word of God and the will of God, they cry out uh, against us, certainly they do, but they withhold a, a path of contentment, a path of, of being satisfied, a path of that includes being fed and enjoying the gospel of Jesus Christ. He let them know, though thou wash uh, thee with nitre, which is a, like lye, a cleansing agent that was used in those days, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. Why their degenerated condition could not be remedied by the strongest cleansing agent that existed. Now you can wash up the exterior, clean it up best you can, but the problem with corruption is it is within, and eventually it manifests itself uh, on the outside. So there needs to be uh, a remedy, and Jeremiah gave it. Return, ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. You don't need to be sinning and repenting. You don't need to continue in a life of defeat. No, the Lord offers victory. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. To amend is to fix, correct, take corrective action. It's not good enough just to return from a sin. You must also amend your ways. Restitution comes to mind. Do your best to fix the the mess that you've been created to the extent that it can uh, be fixed, and then God will bring you to dwell in this place, this place of victory, he said. I know, Jeremiah said on behalf of God, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected or a hopeful end. The Lord's design for you and for me 
is not a hopeless end. It's a hopeful end. And we see that mixed in with his message in, even in this 23rd chapter. He gave them hope. He said, I will, I will, he said, I will set up shepherds over thee which shall feed them. He's speaking of a day, well, he may be telescoping events and letting them know that there would be faithful prophets along the way who would be set up. But he's speaking, ultimately, the days come when I will raise unto thee David a righteous branch, a king that shall reign and prosper. And he goes on to say, well, he's the Lord of righteousness. He will be our God, and we uh, shall be his people. Yea, the prophet said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn, drawn thee. For I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. It's a good way. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a good way. Is it without a, a challenge or two along the way? No, it's not. It's not without a challenge or two dozen, or more along the way. You stick with it long enough, sure, you're going to face some real challenges and things you don't understand. But by the grace of God, remember to take every situation to the Lord and give thanks to God for the fact that He's called you with an everlasting love, and He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We should drop to our knees during this prayer time, and if we do nothing else, we should thank God that His Word is the finest of the wheat, and we have opportunity to be fed on it. Help us, God is our prayer to capitalize on not only hearing, but doing what thus saith the Lord. We'll have this invitation song. We encourage everyone to pray.